Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And this is Leif Hetland. And I have this privilege and the joy to have Daniela and Benji Morph with me today. Hello, hello. Hello, just... hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm just describing a little bit about uh, Daniela and Benji. They are the senior leaders of Kingdom Family Multiplication Ministry. And they're bringing this holistic uh, transformation nations and for the last 10 years they've invested by equipping the, the bride of Christ to reach the least last and lost and I, I remember one of the first time I met them I realized one of their special sauces was uh, and I still remember the first time we went Myanmar we went Burma but I realized what they're doing is after they've led somebody to Jesus about six months afterwards these people are leaders it was not just that somebody just received Jesus and then they were multiplying again and it had an incredible impact for me. And we've been doing life together. I don't know. I think it's 10 years now that we've yeah, been doing it. And yeah. I just love that they lived in Southeast Asia, first Penang, later on Chiang Mai, Thailand, moved back again to Germany, but still from Germany, very strategically involved in reaching unreached people, but also empowering uh, the harvesters for the harvest. So we are very much, we're doing life together and we are part of the bigger family of families on mission. So Benji and Daniela, so good to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daddy Leif. Such an honor to be on your talk. Yeah. Okay, Daniela, you can just start by sharing a little bit. How are you guys doing and what's going on in your life and what's going on in your ministry? Well, um, actually, we've been living 13 and a half years in Asia. And due to COVID, we moved back a year, one and a half years ago to Germany. Um, however, we've been doing uh, discipleship and church planting among unreached people groups, as you mentioned. And that actually still continues. We just changed our base back to Europe. Um, yeah, so we are excited that the Lord has opened new fields for us. Um, where we can plant and harvest and also here in Europe we find that after COVID and coming back a lot of people on the streets as we do evangelism are really open to hear the gospel are open for prayer um, and it's just such a joy to see this transformation in the nation here as well and just to see God's heart for the lost and also seeing that there are a lot of unreached people groups even close by like we have afghan neighbors and yeah different ethnic groups that live here and we we used to live in a muslim nation before and you were not allowed to you know openly share your faith but here in europe we can actually share our faith openly without mm. fearing of being imprisoned or tortured or anything. So we're just enjoying this is definitely a new season for us, but yeah, a great opportunity to 
get new routes in Europe, but still doing missions to the least reached. Mm -hmm. But also, Benjamin, I'm going to throw the ball over to you because you guys, you have three amazing sons. And one of the things that have impressed me about not just your marriage, because you're your team, you wouldn't have known who is, uh, who, is, who is the major player in it because there's such a symbiotic relationship, but also, <laughs> also yes. the, the mutual honor and the, the way that you've done life. I mean, the, the way you've done covenant, the, the way you've done family. But I watched even from your boys who was small and now they're a little bit they're bigger, but to yes. see how the whole family has done I mean, how you've done missions. It was not that we learned it was either family or mission, or it was either family and mission, but you have had family on mission. That's mm -hmm. kind of been the paradigm you have shown. So, Ben, you just tell a little bit about how that has been, because you did that in Southeast Asia, you do it now, and still today, we're. Tell us about your boys, tell us about the family, and just because that's so much the essence of what I feel that you guys are modeling. Yeah, it's such a privilege to watch. Teenagers go all out. Uh, our eldest has just been with CFAN uh, from Reinhard Bonke's ministry in a training school for evangelists and preaching on the streets. And, you know, it's their initiative. He wanted to go. He flew on his own to another country and had the training in Budapest, Hungary. And we, we sent him off and just love watching what, what God is doing with them. And, and it's really connected with this whole family culture that Leif, you introduced us to this, that whole family paradigm. And if we talk family, we want to live family and, and live family on mission, that where Daniela is involved. She's, you know, a powerful wife with amazing prophetic gifting. And she's just gone a long journey on dream interpretation lately and just carrying stuff that I don't carry. And, and so we complement each other. And then also the kids who grew up in this, where we made sure that two, three trips in their holiday times, we, we just go together and uh, go to train and minister together and so on. So they grew up in this. I remember them being like seven, eight, nine years old, laying hands on and people got healed like even blind eyes open, deaf ears open, make, mega cool how, yeah, there's no junior Holy Spirit. So they just, yeah, had the privilege, I guess, to grow up in this and, and it, it was never really uh, foreign. They, they just learned on the job and, and became very powerful people. And we believe you taught us this, that our ceiling will be their platform where they will take it to another level and to the next generation. And so, and this is already happening and we really champion this. I thought about you, Daniel, just sharing quickly how we connected and then what kind of a relationship, because I know we've been, we've been together, but I want people to be aware. And I talk about you and talk about you in a lot of different settings, but I want the bigger family to, to honor the way that I honor you. But just in our journey together, because Danielle, you've been such a key, and later on we're going to talk a little bit about actually a couple of key books where you've taken your special sauce and now make it available at a larger family table for so many of the different movements out there. You've taken a lot of the seeds that we've had, and now this beautiful tree full of fruits. Now we can multiply. So Daniela, if you just share a little bit of our, our journey together, you where we met and, and, and a little bit also just then building this bridge. To, to one of the new projects that, well, I wouldn't call it a project because 
that you have been birthing forth that message now for a book, for a message that is now available. Yeah, I believe we met in Phuket the first time where you were invited as a guest speaker at a very small, intimate conference setting. And I remember listening to your sermon on the free chairs. Mm -hmm. And while I was listening to you, I got so convicted in my heart that for all these years, we both have been serving the Lord as orphans. And I was really crying and repenting actually for that orphan mindset. We were trying mm -hmm. hard to really please God and not yeah, serving him from a chair number one as you preach. And so we came forward for prayer. And I remember our team member, Kevin, <laughs> when you laid hands on him, he actually flew backwards and broke a chair behind <laughs> him, like that plastic chair just broke into two pieces. And chair number and two broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And so when you came to me, I wasn't shaking, I not even an inch, nothing. But um, and with Benji, I think I was receiving it, but at a different level. And so it wasn't uh, only after that when I returned to Penang, my, our hometown at that time, that people actually started noticing noticing Daniela you have changed mm. and people with whom you you know whom I saw every week said you have become more cheerful you have become more full of love even though I didn't like manifest in that sense like our friend when you prayed for me mm -hmm. but the seed was still planted mm. and also I think what touched me the most we had many leaders in the past in our lives, good leaders, starting from, you know, Sunday school and then church leaderships and all different types. But actually, when we both approached you and asked you to become our spiritual father, you said yes. Hmm. And I mean, we were just no names, missionaries out there. And, and that really, like, kind of left the mark because you were willing to actually father us and I think there's not many people who who just embraced us the way you did mm. and said yes I'm gonna journey with you I'm gonna invest into you and yeah the, that I think just left left a deep mark in my heart and I'm still very thankful that we are since what 10 years on this journey together and then we can call ourselves blessed to be a spiritual kid mm, absolutely yeah it's been life-giving it's been really taking us to a whole new level of understanding things i preach a lot about psalm 2 8 where god says ask of me and i will give you the nations as your inheritance we minister like that we we lay hands on a window on an aeroplane and just receive a city or a nation as our inheritance, inheritance you cannot work for. You taught us that. You challenged me with that. And you've marked us in many occasions for life where things have just shifted in mm -hmm. our hearts and how we do things. And we, we are really uh, very, very blessed to journey with you. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wanted you guys also to describe a little bit now 
uh, because I've been, I had the honor and both with Heidi, uh, Mama Heidi. I get to see her tomorrow, actually. We're going to be together wow. this weekend again. We were just together. We head into Houston, Texas. So this is actually the last work I do before. I'm, I'm not calling this work. But as soon as I finish today, getting home to pack, and then we're heading to Houston. But wow. we both were involved in, in this new book and then both forwarding and endorsing and making sure uh, because it is so, so valuable. And I know that Daniela is is, is one of the great uh, gifted board artists, writer, and I know, of course, you've done this together as a team. But I, I would I would love for you to describe a little bit because what I, one of the biggest gifts that I've seen you have, you have many gifts, but one of the things that I've seen, including different people you've been around, if that was Bethel, if that was Randy, if that was Heidi, it was me, it was different one. You knew who you were and you came into that we have but then you are not afraid of taking spices from other people's special sauces and starts to mix that together. And each time you were around, I could always say, oh, I can smell you being around here. You were able to bring the different streams into a big river. And that was one of the uniqueness that I don't know there is many people like you that have that ability because you honor what, and that's one of the first things I've seen, you honor what the different ones carry. So instead of being offended what they don't carry, you honor there but then you also knowing how to be able to bring that into and now you have a prototype a picture something that is going to help us we've all heard about the one billion soul harvest and uh, the prophecy and all of that but you have provided an incredible blueprint so if you guys could share a little bit about the process behind what this is all about because i think this is so life-giving for all of us you start. She's the author. <laughs> I, it's about and, my and you're story. The, you're, she's the author. You are the finisher of the paper. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, actually, it went like this. He got prophetic word that he's going to write a book on Kingdom <laughs> Family. And so it was repeated over several years. And we tried this thing with a ghostwriter. And the ghostwriter wrote two pages. And then she stopped. Then we tried with another ghostwriter. That one wrote three pages and stopped. And then several years into the process, actually, I finally said, okay, I'm going to write. <laughs> she knows me best. So. so he got the prophetic yes. word and I put it into action. She was action. the prophet in the world. <laughs> he, he got the seed, but you took that seed into his soil and you cultivated it and and making sure it grew to become a full, beautiful tree that we get to taste from. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I think at, at the heart of it is really uh, Bob Jones' prophetic words of the billion soul harvest. And that was actually the thing that watching his prophetic words on YouTube that ignited me actually to start writing it because I felt that what we were experiencing with you, Daddy Leif, and in Kingdom Family, what we were already living, that that was the key to what Bob Jones actually had prophesied mm -hmm. years ago. So I took that and from there it just, um, you know, took uh, a form. We were already experiencing um, the supernatural in our ministry, we had 13 people raised from the dead and we had different, you know, healing sicknesses. The supernatural was like really a natural part, not just reaching the least lost and lost, but actually then discipling them, planting churches. This was all part of our DNA. Um, I think the 
the paradigm that you brought in on kingdom family just was uh, so new to us, but at the same time, so valuable because we saw that heaven really operates as a family and you taught that to us, Daddy Leif, and also knowing late Opa Jack, you really planted that seed into us. Mm. And I think it's really important then that we don't just focus on least lost and lost and reaching souls, but we also focus on really building family mm -hmm. here on earth. Mm -hmm. And I think heaven, eternity lives in us already. And so we are bringing some of that heaven culture down to earth and yeah there's also um, an emphasis on unity and diversity in the book because even though we've seen so many miracles so many you know thousands of church plants in unreached people groups and all that I think the biggest challenge in our world we face today is really to work together as body of Christ diversity in unity and that is also one of the messages of the book, that if we can unite together as one bride, we will be unstoppable to really reach this billion soul harvest that Bob Jones prophesied. Mm. And we don't want to just see a billion people accept Jesus as their savior. We want to see a billion disciples. And that's a big difference. Mm. So we are super passionate like from, from the 15 years now in Asia ministry, over 90% who got saved are in a church. You know, it's like nearly everybody, they end up in a group that becomes a church. So it's not just events, you know, many get saved and then nothing or hardly anything or just come to church. We're literally staying with them and putting them in groups, even in their own homes, if they get saved and, and just start discipling the, the multitudes. And, and we, we felt, you know, just the Kairos time. And I, I really feel the book took time to come together. It's like two, three years of work. But actually the timing where it came out now, I feel is very, is a Kairos moment. And mm -hmm. because you, you hear of revivals happening, even in Europe, we have evangelists going everywhere. We have a huge event happening down the road, like in the next month. And, and I've been challenging them and saying, guys, we can't just have big events. We, we will have thousands saved. And then what do we offer them? Like, how can they be discipled? And so in the last year, I've been challenging and, and they've embraced it. And now we, we, with this special event right now, we actually train people on how to disciple so that once the event happens, we can really catch the harvest, have them in homes, have them in groups. And that's what we've been doing for 15 years now. So it's it's in the book that's very, right. very much so. How many how many churches have you and, and your team? Uh, how many churches did you just estimate? It's not to, it's just to brag about Jesus, but how many churches yeah. do you think you're planted around the world? If you're including we have to see we are catalysts with locals always. It's always the local body who, you know, puts it in action. But we are training, we are mobilizing, we are equipping. And it's over 10,000 churches in wow. 11 different nations. Now even more 
because we started going to Africa, Middle East. So these are more than the 11 nations in Asia. So yeah, it's, it's really been amazing how things are coming about. And the greatest beautiful example is in Thailand where we are, we are collaborating with a local ministry. They used to have like three churches and, and Thailand used to be a, a, like a graveyard for missionaries for 190 years, hardly any fruit. And for the last five years from these churches, they started going into homes and into villages all the time. And we had the privilege to come alongside them and, and just help them with some ideas and some training and so on. But they've, we've been at a baptism of 1,260 people in one morning last year, where they baptized 5,500 people that summer alone. By December, this, this December that just passed, they said, right in the beginning, they said, please pray for us. We are going, and they ended up going to 370 new villages that had never heard the gospel, like totally not heard. 370 new villages and like 8,800 people to the Lord. And they're all being discipled. They are, they're rich by name. They are, you know, all in small places and, and the, like 90% are in the groups. It's, it's just such a dream come true. We see that in the Himalayan where I go next month again. Uh, Bangladesh has never opened up for us, and it was one of the nations that God put on my, on my heart, a 12th nation for Asia, and now I'm going the first time to train Bengali leaders, and so it's it's just beautiful how God is putting things together, and we, we keep going from here. This is home base, airport is 20 minutes from here where we go anywhere mm -hmm. around Europe and beyond, and we just keep going. It's It's great. We're going to go back again to the book and that message, but I wanted to hear, Daniela, what breaks your heart? I know you're an intercessor too, and I remember even some of the difficulty, it was very painful for you to leave and say goodbye both to Southeast Asia and coming back home. And for people that don't know both Benji and Daniela, they are pretty much, they're Swiss Germans, but Daniela also have roots from Italy, but they came back and because of the COVID situation, so they could have an impact, but also for their sons, but Daniela, what are, even in the spirit, what are you sensing that? What is breaking the heart of the Father? What are you weeping over in this season in regard to the rain that you know that God wants to pour out? I just felt that uh, some of the lamb in you is mm. feeling and capturing something of the lamb's heart of Jesus. Mm. I think that um, it was hard to leave Southeast Asia also because many of our friends, pastor friends in Myanmar, I know this is not in the news anymore and it has, you know, vanished because of the Ukraine war and other things happening around the world. Um, but um, there, there has been a civil war um, since about two oh, years, two and, a half, two and yeah. a half years now in the nation of Myanmar. And I, it just breaks my heart how many pastors and friends of ours have lost their lives and and have gone through tremendous hardship we got just got news today that in a, our friends nearby village actually a hundred people were killed and um, two days ago two days ago mm. by the military junta and it's hard i i re, i feel really blessed that we had a like an eight year window 
to work into Myanmar and freely move in and out. And now the nation is like totally closed up again. But in the midst of great suffering, our local pastors are also experiencing the biggest fruit ever. So it's it's suffering and it's it's huge fruits harvest. and harvest. Yeah. And so we we I sometimes um, get challenged a bit in my heart because when I reach Europe, you know, Christianity has become yeah, Lord bless me and you know bless my kids and and my family or whatever. Whereas when I was if, with our dear friends, Christianity, it's all about him. It's about giving your life towards the gospel. When you have people in your group who have been going to jail for giving their neighbor a Bible for one year, or when you have people that you minister to who have lost their spouse, their children, their home, have just their clothes and and they lost everything just to follow Jesus. I think we need to come back to a in Europe to to a theology of suffering. It's the gospel, it's not all about me and Jesus making me feel good and making me feel happy. It's about taking up my cross. And no matter how I feel, whether I feel good this morning. I still worship him. I still worship him in the midst of my circumstances because he is worthy. And and so, yeah, that's the challenge probably that I face right now. Having been in both worlds with the persecuted church, seeing what they are going through for Jesus' name's sake and, and being back in Europe and... And when I'm uh, in a Sunday morning service and the worship leader says, no matter how you feel, just, you know, start worshiping, then, then my heart goes, it doesn't matter how I feel, actually, because he is always worthy of my praise. Mm. And sacrificial yeah, sacrificial life, yeah. love mm. and yeah. sacrificial life. And maybe we need to discover again what, the, what the theology of suffering and really following Jesus, what that means. That is very, very good. It was interesting because I just did, right before this interview or before lunch, I did a session and I call it a holy ambition, but just I took the Romans 15 20, and I know we have this in common, but what Paul first he describes with signs, wonders, and miracles and how he took this gospel. But when he gets to verse 20, is this holy ambition he says that i have this aim what is one ambition and that is to take jesus where the jesus has not been before mm. and a few verses before you i had to take it from jerusalem and all the way to illyricum mm. and that's where albania is today so if you study that road what he had to go through and then we know all the obstacle and the suffering and the price but then then he quotes in verse 21 actually scripture verse from isaiah next yeah from isaiah that's why. So the motivation, the reason he had a holy ambition to say no to everything else, and that is to take Jesus where nobody had Jesus. So he didn't build on anybody else's foundation. That's Romans 15, 20. And he quoted, so he had a holy word, a scripture that he stood on from Isaiah. That's all he had, a right. word from Isaiah. And as a result of that, and then he said, 
that's now you understand why I didn't have a chance to come to you and that I've been distracted. He didn't say distracted, but so he's describing his journey. But that became so precious to me the other day because when I started everything, that's what it was. Is that I have this one thing, one that desire, whatever it takes, whatever it costs. You put your life, you put your family, you put everything in the awkward place because he was worthy. So while you were sharing that, I was just thinking earlier today that was the very thing with the Apostle Paul is this holy ambition and a holy aim that he had. And that is making sure that there's nothing wrong with the other things, but it's this one thing that I have. And as for so, I'm sorry, guys, that I couldn't come to you, couldn't be in the conference, couldn't be part of this and that. It's just that I have this one aim. I have to take this gospel to the ones that has never heard. And I know that's not for everyone that have the same, but everybody should have the holy ambition, whatever God has placed in them. Because later on, he honored Timothy to be a Timothy, he honored other people for what they are called to do. And he said, this is my holy ambition. And I just think that all of us, if we can find a holy ambition in this season. And I know that part of what you are describing here with, uh, with 8 billion people in this world, and we know that 1 billion, we believe, sons and daughters harvest, because Papa God didn't want a billion orphans, but sons and daughters in this book. So yeah. in that also, you put in some good frameworks of different lessons. Give me a couple of more lessons from you guys from the book. Because I remember there were specific five things I drew out of that as major, major lessons that you picked up on that is a key for us to be able to have a holy ambition and to get in on what God is doing. Because that's what your invitation is. If you want everyone to be part of this, what God is doing and what God is blessing in this season. So describe a little bit more of a few of those nutrients that you share in the book. Yeah. I think that the life, if I may start and then you add on um what you just shared is really uh, the key because that's also a missionary focus we always talk about east last and lost and building churches in unreached people groups unreached people groups means that in that place in that village there is no christian witness or there is not enough christians that can actually go out and plant a church and evangelize, let's say, that city or that region. That's why in missions terms, when you look up Joshua Project, we speak about still on this planet Earth today, there are 6,500 unreached people groups. And if, we, if you think about it with our small ministry, we were able to plant churches, just KFM, just our small, tiny ministry in 50, over 50, over 50 unreached, people, unreached people groups. Mm. That means actually that in our lifetime, it could happen that we see the rest of the 6,450 people groups reached that is totally possible it is not an impossible goal mm. it is a very possible goal and so um yeah having said that i'm i'm gonna give the rest yeah. to you because <laughs> it, it was so interesting I, and it's also in the book it's all about multiplication is a big factor um where i compare for example if if, if we are together here and we have the ability with our ministries to pull up, um, let's say, a, a big event every week, 
where we can fill a stadium with 40, 50,000 people and expect 10,000 people to come to Christ every week. And we do this for 52 weeks in the year. It will take us 2,000 years. Every week, 10,000 new believers. It will take us 2,000 years to see a billion souls come into the kingdom. It's crazy. It, it takes us another 2,000 years compared to, and there's the comparison to multiplication. If I commit to make one new disciple every year, who by the end of the year becomes a disciple maker, just one, I think that's possible. If, if I can just keep tracking with that, after one year, of course, we are two who are disciple makers. After two years, it's four. After three years, it's eight. It's still very little, like very small fruit, or, or you never think that it, it can really make a big impact. Then it becomes 16 and so on. If you multiply that every year, just doubling up, it will take us 30 years just from me being faithful, making one new disciple maker every year. A disciple who becomes a disciple maker. It takes me 30 years to see a billion souls discipled just from me. And then another three years, 33 years to see eight and a half billion souls discipled. It's such an incredible exponential. It's, it's like a snowball effect in, in massive terms where we multiply ourselves into others. And that's what we've given our lives for. We are like, we want to multiply disciples for the rest of our lives and just keep tracking with one a year is enough and, and just keep going like that. And I, I know we will see it where a billion soul will be reached within the next 10, 15 years at most because we need to prepare. We need to, you know, we, we said in the beginning of the book where we hear about a billion soul harvest, how can we prepare for this? We need to work to prepare to take in the harvest. And that's where the name came in, pre prepare the barns, where every home of born again believers can become a potential barn, uh, a home that starts discipling people well. So that, and then all the new converts have homes again and disciple in there and it just multiplies. So that's a big key. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about the, the last time I saw Lorena Bunker, I had the honor of speaking in Nashville. And you've probably heard me share that story, but at night before I couldn't sleep and just wrestle and Mama Jen was there by the side of me. So I went out and I had never looked up the word. I had heard about the one billion soul horror, but I looked it up and, and, and it was actually a question where Bob was taken up to heaven. And then he said, did you learn how to love? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to send you back so you can learn how to love. And that kind of was started. But I never forget it was a voice that I heard. I, I heard Papa God said, I don't want a billion orphans. I want a billion sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. Many of us have been asking for the fire. I've been looking for healthy fireplaces. And I think mm -hmm. that's what you're describing is it is sons that becomes they're moving in they become fathers and mothers they become sons and daughters it's a multiplication so creation now is moaning and groaning for those for the manifestation of the sons and daughters to be revealed and i've watched you guys doing this beautifully when we've done events together where you bring up one and hey you know even in myanmar we did it in burma brought in and two people we went and got each one of our and the motorcycle repairman he brought his and before you know, there's nobody left in the audience. Yes. Because everybody's up there. All of them are disciple makers. It's just that quick. 
and you could see the eyes come open and mm. people could catch, well, a clear vision for the harvest. Mm. What would be some of the things that you would just encourage a lot of people right now? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of battle fatigue, there's inflation. Some of the things you described here, Daniela, and in America, we have some of the same where touch me, bless me, fill me, 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 me. So you have some of the same thing where what would be some of the things that you can help people out there to create? Because I know that's what this book is doing, creating hunger, creating thirst, to be able to, we don't want to go around and try to guilt people to perform better. That's mm -hmm. not what this is all about. But this is an invitation to have an encounter, you becoming encounter start a process, take up that cross of following Jesus, experiencing totally freedom through surrender, because mm -hmm. that's the place of a change. So if you were to give some wisdom to some of the people out there, because I know there are so many hungry people, and some have been distracted, some have been disappointed, some are experiencing delays, people are in different parts of the journey. But I know this book is an invitation for people to, to lose their life so they can gain it, so they can save it. To give up so they can go up. It's this whole thing of an invitation, not a condemnation. So what is your invitation to people out there? Mm. And that's a question for both of you, just to... <laughs> yeah, I think since COVID, the church really has been shaken mm. and, and people are longing for real, authentic relationships. And I think we can... We can prepare our homes and, and can prepare our hearts to actually not go for just big events and numbers, and, but the, just for small things that create fellowship and authentic where we can share life together. And I think if we, if we see ourselves as spiritual mom and dad, then... Um, people around us they will feel safe they have a place to let their hair down they have a place where they can grow spiritually um yeah and we just position our heart in that direction where we can you know give them some like a home i think people are just longing for you know to be seen to be heard to belong these are not complicated things. These are actually simple things that we can offer. We don't need to be um, a super mega star, you know, out there. We can just prepare our homes, very simple, prepare our heart and reach out to the lost. And I think every one of us has a part to play and can play this. That's how we become the yeast because a nurse can prepare her home, a doctor can prepare his home. We, we all, you know, can prepare ourselves for this harvest without making it too complicated or too theologically, you know, correct or whatever. Yeah. People are fearful. And That's right. Things like when I go to the streets here in Europe with a war happening, I would often start off and say, how do you feel after two, three years of COVID, not knowing what's going to happen with the globe and not able to go out, feeling lonely and mm -hmm. so on. And, and immediately the war came in. It just kind of went from one to the other. 
and uh, and there's uncertainty people you know bid on insurances and all kinds of uh, um, health insurance and so on but it, it might not work anymore and and a bank just crashed the cs in switzerland which is like our mega bank has just collapsed completely and and it's things are happening that have never happened before and and we're like how do you feel how do you feel in this season where nothing's certain anymore and people talk they're like mm-hmm. i am scared i am lonely i don't know where to go you know with my hope with my trust and so on and there we try to talk to them and say listen there is an anchor that we can hold on to and it never changes. It is the, the Father God with his son, Jesus Christ. <coughs> Sorry. And they've given everything for us to, to have a stable life and even in the midst of difficulties to really have a stability and, and we can hold on to him. And, and people are open to that to, for prayer and and just wanting to to know more about Christ. So it's really the authentic that people are looking for, and that they've seen all the glimmer and whatever in in events and so on. But that's not what they want anymore. They and especially the young people. I see it with our kids and other young people. They want the authentic. They want the real deal. And otherwise they're gone. And so, but I I like that because. It is about this. It is about knowing God and God knowing us and everything else is not so important anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's really having dreams, having encounters, having miracles uh, where God just really manifests and and showcases the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And that's that's what we all want. That's what we all need. And so it, it's really that authentic life, Daniela said, the simple life. We talk about it in the book too. Let's simplify everything. Let's cut off everything, cut down everything that is not so important and focusing. You say it often, focus on the major and cut out the minors and mm-hmm. and, and be very focused with life. And that's mm-hmm. what we've done ourselves. Um, we're you know, nice to have things are no more so important, but we want to be fixed with our eyes on Jesus, expecting him to be... Mm-hmm you know, in everything and that we see breakthroughs and overcome challenges at all times because he's with us and Mm -hmm. and everybody can experience that. So that's really our heart's desire for every listener that with with Jesus and and focus, fixing your eyes on him, there is no limits. We've we've seen 13 people raised from the dead. We've, Mm -hmm. We've seen every kind of miracle you can think of because God is God and God is good and he has no limits. And so that's that's the anchor we need to fix our eyes on and nothing else. Well, that's amazing. I, I think we're going to put up on the screen just the book because I do want to go back because I want you to prophesy or pray or minister to the people that is out there. So I just wanted for the people that is here so they can see how to be able to get hold of the book because mm-hmm. this is very important because I know this interview will be over and I know people will have access to listen to it again, but I don't want us just to talk about the book here. When people, I do want people not just to purchase one, but to get this. Let it, let us get into the churches, into the businesses. Let us all getting involved, and it's just a very beautiful textbook where mm-hmm. you suddenly can find these five keys that each one of us need that is going to unlock and it's going to help us for the global harvest of souls. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just uh, even as you're looking at this, 
again, help us. Can you get it on Amazon? Tell us how can you can you get it on Kindle? I, I mean, just describe what is the best ways that we can do and, and how we can get hold of it. It's available on both on Amazon and Kindle um, for just uh, online copies. But, but if you want the physical book, it's anywhere around the world on Amazon, in the US, in Europe. Uh, you can just order it. It's called Prepare the Barns by Daniela and Benji Morf and uh, five keys for a global harvest of souls. So yeah, um, it's not a thick book, so it's easy, easy to read. We've had some feedback already where people say it's really a deep book, powerful, simple, but um, yeah, just somebody even said, I couldn't stop reading. I'm not a big reader, but once I started, I couldn't stop. So, um, and, and it was just impactful for the ones who have uh, just given us some feedback from, from their reading the book. I also have a children's version of the same book and it's called The Animal Princess. And it's interesting because it carries the same message as the adult book and it got downloaded to me in a night dream. Mm -hmm. So basically this unity and diversity that theme is picked up again in the children's book and you can actually yeah. read it as an adult or you can read it to your kids mm -hmm. and it carries that same message. With nice and, pictures. And also what I really like because it's all about, you know, it's the typical princess story, but I the, the illustrations are lovely and yeah. animals create the dress for the princess but here they are going towards the king and she, the animals are starting to fight and the dress is falling apart. And uh, yeah, it's just such a nice yeah. illustration on, you know, how the body of Christ actually should work. And hand-painted pictures, you know, double-sided, it's, it's so beautiful. I haven't read it until it was done. And when I read it, I was tearing up several times. I was so deeply impacted. And it, it just showcased what she said, that it was from a dream from God. And, and it, it really went deep, even though it was for children from 8 to 12 years old to mm -hmm. read by themselves as well. And so, uh, but it really resonated in my heart big time. Do me a favor, hold up those books one more time because I want to take a picture, maybe somebody else on the screen. Because mm -hmm. then Apples and Kaylee, if we do not have, have the children's book, I know we have the other one, we want to order that now. So just get it on the phone because sometimes my intention is good, but intention doesn't get it. Direction does. So here's simple direction. Take your phone, take a picture, and let's go to Amazon. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I do want you because I do love who you are. Uh, it is an honor uh, to, first of all, I know that you are a spiritual father and mother to a beautiful movement, but for me, you're a, an amazing spiritual son and daughter, and I look forward for us even in this next season that we're going to even dream closer together than what we've ever done before. Mm. And uh, I just, uh, again, being amazed, we actually just now, in August, I'm heading into a place where there's 130 unreached people groups that is under mm. Joshua, just one place, and going to meet with all the leadership there and, mm -hmm. and then i'm heading to another place that is one of the largest unreached people groups just in august but just so when we're talking about that's our language and it's not just about that but i think uh, our assignment is like two for one is to raising up as you're saying disciple 
makers, mature sons and daughters. For me, also ambassadors of love that will represent the king where God has placed them. So that's so much of our hearts. But I do know that uh, I, I've often had you guys pray for me, but I know who you are in the spirit. And I do believe that uh, there's a grace over your life, a grace to weep over what is broken. Mm. Because you have authority over what you weep over, but you also have authority over what you love. And I do believe that you carry this, and I honor that about you. But I sense in many of us that are watching people, there's some that just need to come back to their first love in this season. And other ones also just didn't know that they needed to say a big enough yes. So it's going to be easy to say no to everything else. But I do mm -hmm. sense in there's some grace. And if maybe you have a word or a picture for someone, or maybe it's healing, but let's pray for us. And I, I'm ready to receive myself, but I want us to receive mm -hmm. uh, what you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had I had a dream last night and I don't know if it applies to anyone, mm. but it was that uh, the dream was about that someone just invaded your house and was inappropriately in your house. And so I just felt that the Lord in this season is taking off restraints and limitations from people and but not only that he's removing people from your life that are not beneficial to you and who only mm. took 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 but never actually invested back into your life mm. and and i feel that that season is gonna shift right now in jesus name where you're going to be positioned as a son, as a daughter, mm -hmm. where people are not taking advantage of you anymore, but where people are actually going to bring to you and to your assignment and what you carry. Mm -hmm. So Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone watching mm -hmm. that is tired, that has been serving you in the field for so many years and feels burned out and even mentally mm. i feel that there are a lot of people who are being oppressed mentally mm. who are watching this whom the devil has just talked to you too much mm. and and told you lies about yourself about your circumstances about your family mm. and has reduced you to a place of despair and mm. hopelessness and so I shift that right now and take authority in Jesus' name over your mind, over your body and over your soul that you will shift into abundance and that everything that the devil has lied at you, those lies will be coming off right now in Jesus' name about your marriage. I, I feel also that there are a lot of people who are struggling in their marriages and I pray for restoration mm. of marriages, restoration of love, mm. restoration of good communication. In Jesus' name, mm. also finances, finances that have been stolen or finances that are swindling where you don't know how to pay your bills. Mm. Um, and that despair of never enough, Lord Father God, I pray that there will be an abundance of supply, mm. supernatural supply, that you will find money in cornflakes and jeans that you didn't even know was mm. there before. Yes. And I pray that blessing over your lives mm. right now for those who are watching 
In Jesus' name. Wow. Jesus said to me, is given all authority in heaven and on earth. And if Jesus is given all authority, Satan has none. Mm -hmm. And whoever has just been hopeless and, mm -hmm. and losing it with, with COVID and just the recent years, I come against the spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of hopelessness. I nullify that. I, I bind mm -hmm. those spirits in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare all authority in heaven and on earth is given to Jesus who lives in us. Because it says the kingdom lives in us. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom lives in us. Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, lives in you and me. And we represent the kingdom from heaven to earth. We don't strive for heaven. We operate from heaven. We are seated in heavenly places at all times mm -hmm. in the spirit. And we, we bring heaven to earth where everything becomes possible because the kingdom has no limits. Jesus has all authority given to him. And he said, he promised us that he's with us always until the end of times. So he's here now. He's here tomorrow. He's always been here when we, you've been struggling and I've been struggling. But we have to fix our eyes on him and just understand that all that belongs to the father belongs to us. He, he commanded us to inherit the nations. He, I, he, he said, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth shall be yours. So your region, you can just ask him and inherit it. It's inheritance you can't even work for. You just receive it. And so, and I've learned so much from Leif about this. So I just declare this over you, that you, that you understand from heaven to earth, that you can operate in no limits and, and receive even for yourself as you fo focus on the kingdom, seeking his kingdom first. He will give you everything you need. He knows what you need and, and, and that you can receive that with being focused on the kingdom of God and bringing heaven to earth wherever you go and just even seeing miracles happen, healings happen. I declare healings over everyone who is sick right now. I nullify every sickness in our bodies you most likely are a temple of the Holy Ghost. There is no rights of sickness to be in our bodies. We just had Easter. It's the resurrection power. It's, it's the Jesus crucified um, message, the, the power in that who died for all our sins, all our sicknesses, all our diseases. He died for them. He nullified them. And he rose from the dead. And that spirit that rose from the dead lives in you. Just live in that. Be encouraged in that. God promised us in, in Jeremiah that he gives us a hope and a future. Even if things don't look good around us, he gives you hope. He gives you a new hope, a new future. And that you can move forward in the limitless power of God in you and through you. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive that right now. Amen. Amen. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. That you are just resting. <laughs> just rest on every person. Thank you for Daniela, Benji, and thank you, Father, for the family and the family of families that you have raised up at such a time as this. Mm. 
I thank you also just for blessing us with your life message. And also I thank you for the gift this book is going to be to so many people and the testimony of Jesus. It's going to be the spirit of prophecy for that to happen again. Mm. Thank you that you're bringing glory to yourself today. Mm. As a beloved son and a beloved daughter shows how good Papa God is and how loved people are. Thank you that everyone that is out there is going to have a fresh encounter with a God that looks just yeah. like Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.